Welcome to And With Your Spirit, a homily podcast that takes preaching out of the sanctuary and moves it into your daily life. Let us make ourselves open to the voice of Christ and the movement of the Holy Spirit, that we might be transformed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Today we celebrate the optional feast day of, of St. John Chrysostom. Actually, he may not be optional. He's not. There's optional readings. Anyways, we're going to do the regular readings because I think that's what you have in your Magnificat or on your phone for those who like to follow along. St. John Chrysostom is known as one of the uh, early, kind of the greats uh, of the early church fathers. He was known as the golden mouth because every homily he gave, no one fell asleep and no one complained that it was too long. So... Anyways, uh, I was hoping to find one of his homilies to kind of do a rendition of tonight, but I, did, I ran out of time this afternoon. And so instead, you're just going to get a regular old non-golden mouth Father Tyler homily, maybe a bronze mouth or something like that. Anyways, as we begin this uh, Mass this evening, let's take a moment to call to mind our sins and ask the Lord to, uh, to make us saints like he did St. John. In the Gospel story this evening from, uh, chap- from chapter 7 of Luke's Gospel, we hear what happens when... A non-believer, a non-Jewish man, um, a centurion, um, when ha- what happens when his slave gets sick and is dying, and Jesus comes along. Recap the story. Jesus is in the area, and this uh, high-ranking Roman officer hears about it. His slave has been sick at home for some time and, is, and needs help, immediate help. And so the Roman centurion grabs some of his own household some people, and says, will you go find this Jesus and tell him that we need help here? And so they go. Jesus hears from these people. They say to him, uh, there is someone who deserves to have this miracle happen to him. There's someone who deserves this miracle from you, Lord. And then Jesus says, okay, and follows them. And as he gets close to their estate, the centurion sends more people out from his house to meet Jesus on the way and to say, Lord, I'm not worthy or my master is not worthy that you should come into our house or enter under our roof. The master believes that if you just will it to be, the servant will return to life. Now we know those words because we say them at mass, right? Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Same thing as his words. Almost all of the Mass, by the way, is taken directly from somewhere in the Bible. You just, just look for it. Anyways, so that's, that's the moment. And then Jesus says, I've not found faith like that anywhere. It's going to happen. Your servant as well. This story highlights, I guess, a couple of heroes. I guess we always, always say that Jesus or God is the hero of the story. But the next hero is the centurion. He is the last person on earth that should have did what he did. But he did it because he was not entitled. Uh, The ancient Roman historian Polybius, um, I was reading about what he said about this passage, and uh, and he was talking about centurions, and he said that the centurion was, quote, the backbone of the Roman Empire. These men were like the sergeant generals, or like the people you would see at the press conferences at the White House for a Department of Defense briefing or something. They're those guys, all right? And as Polybius describes what these men must be made of, he says they must be men among men. 
capable of commanding attention. They must not rush into battle, but they must be willing to stand at their post and die for the sake of their duty. And these are like the best of the best guys. So this is not someone who's climbed up the ladder by accident. This is someone who commands authority, who has, who has everyone at his fingertips. And he, when he hears about this Jesus coming to the area, does not presume to go approach greatness that is above him. Instead, he says, I'm not worthy, and he sends an emissary. Secondly, he wasn't even a believer. He wasn't Jewish. The Romans, for the most part, um, they used religion as a tool. It was much easier to get people to behave if they believed that there was not just the Romans watching them steal or lie or cheat, but if there was a God who could see the things done in secret, the Romans said, we need to keep this going to keep people in line. And so this Roman centurion, he, he knew there was something special about this Jewish man and did not presume that he knew otherwise better. Thirdly, it was his slave, not his wife, not his firstborn son and heir to the line, not even his best friend. This was property. In fact, in Roman law, when your slave got sick, you were permitted to dismiss the slave from your household to let the person die in the street. And if someone else came up to claim that person, they were violating law. This centurion, he loved this slave. What an act of humility from a man of greatness. And then finally, when Jesus actually does come to his house, this Roman, who probably lived in a mansion by our standards, um, he didn't even want to welcome him in to show off his own abode or to be able to brag and say that the, the itinerant preacher, the big famous guy, didn't really want to come in and get a selfie, right? He just said, no, I'm not worthy to have you here. You know, th- this man, this centurion, who doesn't even have a name in the gospel, he contrasts sharply with his first set of friends he sends out. You hear what they said? Jesus, there is someone who has an illness, and he deserves you to do this deed for him. He, deser- he deserves it. Why? Two reasons are listed in the gospel. One, because, he's, because he loves our nation, right? He's the quarterback of the team. <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's got a West Side name. He's, he's the mayor of town, right? He, he lo- he's one of us. Like, he's really one of us. That's the first reason. And the second reason was that he helped support the temple. He's a donor. He's a benefactor. Look at all that he did for us. Because he's one of us and because he did things, he deserves God's miracle in his life. We act like that a lot. This past weekend, I went up to Chicago for my first vacation of the, of the year, actually, which was really wonderful. Curcio, men's Curcio got postponed, and that gave me a surprise vacation, so I took it. I went to Chicago, and I took priestly stuff so I could have mass in our room, but I didn't wear clerics or a collar or anything while I was up there. Anyways, I had no official jobs besides just getting away. One night, I was trying to pray, and so I found a church that was open because most of them were closed downtown. 
And I got inside, and I saw the guy at the desk, and I said, hi, can I, can I go up to the chapel? And he said, uh, sure. So I went up to the chapel. And as I'm getting up there, there was a wedding rehearsal going on. And so I sat in the back behind a glass wall, in the, like the, kind of the narthex area, and just knelt on the floor and prayed because it's the only place open in Chicago for a, a only Catholic church to go pray in. And so I knelt there for a while. About five minutes later, maybe-ish, I don't know, I was praying, the guy at the front desk comes up to me and taps me on the shoulder and says, Sir, you cannot be here. And I said, Oh, I'm sorry. And he said, Yeah, there's a rehearsal. I thought you were part of the wedding party and you were just late, but you need to leave. They're, they're trying to have a rehearsal. And I said, Oh, okay, I, I was just trying to pray. And he goes, Well, sorry. And so I followed him down the staircase. And as we're going down, I said, There's not a whole lot of churches open on a, I think it was a Friday night, on a Friday night in Chicago. It was like six o'clock. And he said, no, uh, did you want to find a church? And I said, yeah, you're the only one that I saw open. And he said, well, there's a fourth Presbyterian church up the road. <laughs> and me with my like jeans and checkered shirt on said, thank you, but I'll, you know, I'll pass. I got to say hi to the Lord and that was enough. And he said, no, 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 like you can go up there. I'm sure they're open right now. And he, he was trying to help me. And so finally I just said, I just re- revealed my hand and I said, actually, I'm I'm a Catholic priest. I'd rather pray in a Catholic church for the Blessed Sacrament. And he said, I am so sorry. You go up there and you pray right now, you know? <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, uh, thank you, um, but I won't break the rules. Um, if that's kind of your policy, uh, don't bend them for me. And I said, God bless you. Thank you so much. And I left. Um, Another moment from Chicago, uh, was, I was, we were lined up to go to get coffee at this little coffee shop and donuts or something in the morning, and there was a, a, a homeless guy, I think, sitting outside with a bunch of his luggage and whatever around him. He was right outside the donut shop doors, and he was just yelling out loud, not looking at anyone in particular, can I just get a sandwich? I just want a sandwich, and he was really mad. And so I looked at him and thought, okay, I'll get him a sandwich. So we go in the shop, and the guy I was with, I said, I think I'm going to buy him a sandwich. And he goes, look, he has food beside him from this donut shop. He had a bag of donuts sitting on his thing. And he wanted a sandwich instead. And I thought, as I was going through the line, I thought, "Eh, maybe it's not best to just let everyone have whatever they want all the time. I don't know. But I share these moments because I think this this is what we do so often. God... I deserve what I want. I need this thing in my life. I need this miracle, especially because of what I just did or because of who I am. Or or, or we just do it to other people. Um, Don't you know that if you asked me, then this thing would go well? Or or, or even our status as um, spouses or parents or grandparents. You need to obey me because because of my authority position. Now, Many of those things can be true in, in an objective sense. But often, um, we shouldn't rely upon, upon status or position, upon what we did or who we are. We, sh- we should rely upon truth, <laughs> that another heart, uh, another mind, can see through us to the being, capital B, that lives within, and therefore want to obey now, I think this is the only reason that this story even happens tonight, that we even hear about it, is because one man who should have been the most arrogant, because he's not, and Jesus knew that, and so he pushed back past the people 
who interpreted his, his message wrongly, the centurion's message wrongly, and he said, I'm going to go help him anyway because I know the faith of the man who's humble. Folks, uh, tonight in the gospel, we have a, a clear hero, and the hero is the one who says, my plans, my status, my entitlement, it's actually just dust. And instead, Lord, um, I'm not worthy. And if we, can, if we can all get to that point, then the Lord will really, uh, the Lord really will not only come to our house, uh, but enter under our roof too.